Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Everything is awesome when you're living out a dream. Living out a dream. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the David Pollock Show. We are back. From a Thanksgiving break, I don't know if you guys went away for Thanksgiving, stayed home for Thanksgiving, ate lots of turkey for Thanksgiving. Hopefully your turkey wasn't dry. Uh, My brother's turkey was pretty good, not as good as mine, but we went to Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was cold, but we had lots of fun. He did a very good job hosting the family, Uh, so thank you for doing that, Brother Mike. Um, Man, I'll tell you what, the only thing I miss about masks on airplanes, and and I'm going to... I'm going to be graphic for a second here, guys. The only thing I miss about about masks on airplanes, if there was anything good about masks on airplanes, is the disgusting smells that permeate uh, an airplane cabin during flight, whether they be food-related or bodily-related. Um, you know, it was a lot less obvious when you had a mask on versus having to hide your face in your shirt. But um, I-, I had that thought when I was on a two-hour flight this weekend. Man, ugh, there was one good thing about masks. Hope you all have your Christmas lights up. Uh, being the good Jew that I am, I celebrate. I decorated Christmas about two weeks ago. I already have my Christmas tree up. I wonder how y'all are doing. I, the studio here, you can't see behind me. We got Christmas lights up. It's very festive in here. I hope you guys watched the Macy's Day Parade this weekend. It was controversial in a way because apparently Santa Claus remarried. I'm just going to leave that there. But some kiddos were confused and said, what happened to the other Mrs. Claus? Eh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. It's Apparently it happened at Disney, too. But I'm all for being inclusive. But at least, come on, give us a preview so we can explain things to the kids ahead of time. Hey, uh, you know, Mrs. Claus, she was giving Mr. Claus a hard time. And, you know, he had to he had to go and experience some new, new things after hundreds of years in the North Pole. Well, anyhow, let's get right to it because we have one of the most exciting shows that we've had in a long time. Not that every show isn't exciting, but tonight is especially exciting because I have my good friend, Congressman George Santos, joining us. I'm not even going to go through all of the updates and the news that I usually give you because we're going to get right into it. Mr. Santos, you are making news yet again, and not just because of your fantastic fashion sense. It seems the Republicans are after you again. Gosh, if they fought Democrats as hard as they fight Republicans, we'd be getting stuff done in this country. Congressman, welcome to the show. David, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me on uh, on your show. I'm glad to be here. And, and yeah, let's 
let's get right to it. Let's not bore your your uh, <laughs> your your listeners with you know nonsense, and let's get right into the meat and potatoes for sure. <laughs> not that it's not nonsense. I mean, sometimes they like a little levity before we get into the serious business. There's of no America. levity. I am George Santos. <laughs> the, well, it's, it's, it's serious levity with George Santos. <laughs> so, but, but now, George, you and I talk a lot on our Twitter Spaces. I always tell my listeners about our Twitter Spaces at at the David Pol- or at the Pollock Show is my Twitter handle and. How do I sound on radio? A lot more energy, right? This is radio, Dave. You never had radio, David, before. Great, great energy. I was listening and saying, wow, very different energy. I can't take over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Congressman Santos has a, has a way of coming into spaces and being like, let me take over. I go, okay, you just host the space now, George. <laughs> but let's, let's get right to it. Um, so this week is an exciting week. I don't know. I'm sure all of our listeners know you. But if they don't, um, you hail from New York's third congressional district up there. And I think it's a Long Island area you represent. and um, uh, New York City and Long Island. New York a lot of people forget. I, I live in New York City, in the five boroughs. I'm in the borough of Queens. That's right. And you're front, you were born and raised in Jackson Heights. Are you still there? Uh, no, that's not in the district. That's AOC's district. Uh, I live in Whitestone, Queens. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah, so so Congressman Santos is from New York's 3rd Congressional District. He's the first non-incumbent, openly gay Republican elected to Congress, and he knows that every community deserves a voice. I took that right from your bio on your website. Good job. And uh, he's had a career in sales and in business and import and export. He's a smart dude. And he shocked the world when he won his congressional seat without any help from the Republicans at all, really. Nobody thought he could do it. He worked his butt off. He shocked the world. And he's been a steadfast conservative leader since the day he was sworn in. He supported Trump on a lot of different uh, initiatives. Well, I'll say initiatives. You are a Trump supporter, I should say. Um, You have been fair-minded when it came to funding for Ukraine. Voted. uh, You vote in a way that's a lot of common sense. You're not, you speak, you're a good conservative, but you don't just go ideological. You reason things. You even tell me sometimes, David, calm down. This isn't the way the sausage is made. This is how we get things done in Washington. (laughs) You've done a very good job, but for some reason, you've really ticked off this Republican establishment. And now, yet again, you're facing expulsion. Let's talk about that. So this is the third. So so thank you for that. That was very kind. Uh, So this is the third expulsion resolution this Congress for me. The first one was earlier this year. It was referred to ethics. The second one was about just a little over two weeks ago. And here's a third one. The difference on this one, David, is the Ethics Committee has now broken a unprecedented way of conducting themselves, which essentially was we investigate, we go all the way through investigation, we have a thorough, conclusive investigation, we allow ample time for debate, whether it's the member and witnesses and corroborations and fact findings, and then we deliver a resolution. And that resolution can vary from uh, expulsion, censure, expulsion being the very last resort, right? But here, here we are, it's 2023, political expedience now is It trumps due process in every way, shape, and form, right? So instead of doing a full-blown ethics investigation, the Ethics Committee, under the leadership of Congressman Michael Guest, who's a former prosecutor in the state of Mississippi, decided to do a half-baked investigation with a predetermined outcome that could not lead to a recommendation because it wasn't conclusive, which means they cannot recommend expulsion, censure, or anything, or a fine 
because they didn't do the entire process. But then they write this opinionated, full of hyperbole report, which reads like a political opposition report versus a law lawful legal document written in legalese terms. They're an attorney. You would probably understand this better than I, David. And they put it forward. And then to create cover, the Essex Committee chairman goes ahead and puts forward a resolution for expulsion. However, he did not do it in a privileged sense, which he could have and he should have if he was serious about it. But the intention of this and I want I'm sorry I'm being long winded here, but I want to make sure people understand the intention of the resolution introduction was to strong army to resign. And then all of the pile on of people saying, oh, I voted no, I voted present. I'm now voting yes. That was a coordinated effort to make me resign. Here's the reality. This ethics finding is flawed. It's an embarrassment. No good cop would ever bring this to a DA or an AG and say, here, here's what you have to take this to the court and indict this person. But in the worst case scenario, if you want to look at this for what it is, call it another indictment. It's not a conviction. So expelling me is going to set new precedent. I will be the first member of Congress ever expelled without an without a conviction, just an indictment. So silencing the people's votes from the 3rd Congressional District of New York will be done this week if they have it their way, because it looks like they're calling the privileges on the vote tomorrow. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, you, now there are there is a criminal indictment pending. And, you know, yes, there is. And that's in the background. And, there is a, and trial is set for September 9 next year. Right. And as an American, just because you're a member of Congress doesn't mean you surrender your due process rights. You have a just because you've been accused of something. And I need to remind our listeners of this because President Trump is going through the very same thing. He's been indicted in four different places and not to mention the civil the civil cases going on all over the place to try to hurt the man. And, you know, there's so many people in Trump's corner being like, these indictments are they're sham indictments. And you just saw the Derek Chauvin stuff today. About the look, There's allegations that the FBI might have interfered with a report. He talked about the whole process being flawed. I mean, we have a, a, a system of justice in America that's not all it's already under attack. But the Republicans, if they're going to stand up for law and order, stand for our system of justice, how can they go and jump the gun, take away your ability to defend yourself in the court of law? And then try to kick you out of Congress, defying your voters' wishes, all because of what? Because they want to put a report together and make accusations? Don't you have the right to defend yourself, George? Well, look, here's the deal. Congress is a self-policing body. It can choose to do whatever it wants with its members. Let's not let's make sure that the American people understand that very clearly. I do not I am not entitled to being a congressman. It is a privilege, a privilege that I earn by garnering the majority votes by eight and a half percentage points and 145,000 people voting for me. That said, I, there is no court, there is no judge, there is no jury in Congress. These people in Congress may very well act like judge, jury, and executioner. But remember, two members of Congress were expelled from Congress since, since the Civil War. Five in total in history, three because of treason during during the Confederacy, and two 
for having convi- and two post civil war for having criminal convictions in court. The most recent one, a Democrat from Ohio uh, in 2002. The reality is, I'll be also the first Republican ever expelled from Congress because the five that's been expelled have all been Democrats. Um, I will be the first one, but with no criminal conviction. So essentially, they are changing the bar. They are elevating the bar and changing precedent. Well, the problem with that is precedent will bite them in the behind in the future. The next time somebody is accused of something or anything, this is now the new precedent. So if the majority is in the hands of, let's say, the Democrats, Republicans should fear, and vice versa, Democrats. This is something very dangerous. We are now taking away the presumption of innocence uh, from people. Now it's more, this is more reminiscent of guilty until proven innocent versus innocent until proven guilty. That's where we're going down uh, this path with this vote uh, this week that I, I believe it's going to be on the 30th, which, David, just so your viewers know, that is my two-year anniversary that day of being married, which is fine. But I guess I'll have a whole lot of uh, to add to the 30th of November. <laughs> Hopefully you have dinner reservations already and you can go out I do. and enjoy a <laughs> bottle of wine one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but you bring up an excellent point, and that's— you know, not only the presumption of innocence is being lost, but you also talk about Congress being, uh, you know, self-governing body. They police themselves. But at the same time, they still, but they don't actually, but it should answer to their voters. Because every congressman that would vote to expel or not vote to expel, they have to face their voters. And what argument can they make? to remove a Republican from a seat that you are basically keeping from becoming Democrat in a very narrow majority in Congress already. What argument are Republicans going to make to their voters on why they voted to expel a Republican congressman before he was even convicted? I mean, what what argument are they going to make? Oh, there was mean allegations made? Seriously? I mean, look, that's that's on them to ask, right? Here's how I like to phrase it. This isn't about me. It's about the process. The process is being changed to accommodate a predetermined uh, uh, political expedient necessity for some members of Congress that they will not conform to anything other than this. And for various political decisions and various political reasons. Look, I'm not the quiet type. I might sometimes come across a little hot headed, a little strong willed and everything. But everything I do when it comes to voting in Congress, I do it with the best conviction uh, in, in my being that I am doing it for the betterment of this country, for the future of this country, for the future generations, because it is a moral and fundamental obligation I have that I should pass along this country to the next generation better than when it was handed to my generation. And I don't see that happening. I don't see it. Look, we just voted. I didn't, but Congress just voted on a CR just a couple of uh, days ago. And here we are back from the break. And for this week, there's nothing on the docket on the agenda that's going to go to the floor that addresses the appropriations bills. We're debating on all sorts of messaging bills, all sorts of uh, 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 suspensions, but not nothing. Zilch on appropriations. It's almost like we forgot, oh, that's only for January now. Yeah. That is a fundamental issue with our country. We're $34 trillion in debt. Yeah. What are we doing? 
What are we doing, David? We're destroying the chances of a future for your kids, for your grandkids, and for everybody listening. That's what we're doing. I came to D.C. I wanted to see how the sausage was made. Now I know how it's made. I came here, for all your listeners to hear, as a mad-as-hell grassroots activist. And now I leave as a – if I leave, I will leave as a mad-as-hell grassroots, active, grassroots activist who has seen the sausage be made. And I will not be shy on telling the American people exactly what I witnessed in my time in Congress. Well, yeah, I, and, and and you know that that's how you even that's how George Santos, the congressman, is born. You've always been the mad as hell advocate, somebody who wanted to see change, and and it just it was just burning the way you saw Washington being run, and then you get there, and nothing has changed despite your efforts, despite all of our efforts, despite a change in the speaker. Because you're right. Let's look at what they're talking about this week. They're talking about a, uh, considering a resolution calling on Hamas to release sausage, uh, hosta- sausages. I was about to say. <laughs> You got sausages, man. Sausages. They might as well consider a resolution calling on Hamas to release sausages because they're not going to release hostages either because the Republican Congress asked them to do it. I mean, that's ridiculous. As a matter of fact, and I'll talk about this later on the show, uh, 40-something hostages have been released and one Israeli-American. One American! Talk about how tough the United States is. So that's what they're talking about this I have an American-Israeli citizen from my district that I was hoping would be among the the 40-somewhat people released uh, just yesterday, and he is not. He was captured at 21 years old. He became 22 in captivity. His name is Omer, and he is still being captive. The fact that American hostages are still being captive by Hamas just shows you how weak we are abroad, how weak our president is, how weak Congress has become, that we are unable to get Americans out of the hands of terrorists. Just think about that, David. That is where we are on the global stage. Weak. We are portrayed as feeble. Weak. And that is unacceptable that I have a constituent still in the clutches of Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, hey, at least it'll be uh, they're considering a resolution asking them to release them. That'll be good. Right. I mean, this is how sure. <laughs> this is how the uh, this is how the Republican Congress is spending their time. The, it, three expulsions. Uh, you know, it, 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 anyway, it, it's frustrating. But let me ask you something. So the ha- we have uh, a tweet that came out a little while ago that I saw you you, you put up on Twitter X. Uh, Speaker Johnson made lots of news in Sarasota today. Somebody said apparently you guys spoke at length about your options. What options were they referring to? So uh, look, I don't like to talk about the private conversations <laughs> with the speaker. A, I think they're privileged. Yeah. Uh, because this is the Speaker of the House, and I had many with Speaker McCarthy. Now I've had the opportunity to have some with Speaker Johnson. They're privileged, and I'll never break that sanctity of that that confidentiality. I will say this. We had a very in-depth conversation about the way the process was. My, I raised all my questions and how I was troubled by it. The man is a legal constitutional scholar. I called a very prominent Democrat as well and raised the same questions to the Democrat and the Democrat, who's a very prominent constitutional scholar, also found trouble, like, you know, and, and heard me out and said he would look into it more and get back to me. So the conversation was not about resigning or no. I told the speaker, plain and simple, they're going to have to take this vote. This is going to have to happen. I want the record of who 
are the judge, jury, and executioners in our conference and throughout Congress because the American people has a right to know who the people are that think they are above the process, they are above the due process, and they are better than all of us. And I will not leave unless that is exposed. So I look very much forward to standing up for standing for expulsion uh, this week so that I can, on my way out, if I am expelled, I at least unveil and break masks off of the face of faux patriots who parade themselves as constitutionalists, as pro-law enforcement, as due process believers and beholders, because this is not due process. David. And that was kind of the gist of the conversation with the speaker, but nothing really alluding to me resigning uh, ahead of expulsion. Yeah, I, I mean, you've already now you decided that you weren't going to seek another term. Was that because of all the grief they've given you in these three or two and a half expulsion attempts so far? The reason I chose not to run for reelection was a number of factors. Uh, the largest factor was my family. Um I love my family. I really do. Above everything, I, I really do. I put them through hell with this, with, with this endeavor, and they don't deserve it. You know, I think we need to know when to hang it up. I had the, the desire to run for reelection. I had a lot of people who said, oh, you're abandoning us. And, and I apologize to them, and I, I do daily with all the calls. I get people with support and nice letters. Here's the reality. I'm still a man. I'm still mortal, and I'm still very much human. I, too, have a point where I say enough. And that was what that was, because I, I came to the conclusion, if a committee in Congress can do what this committee did, then at this point, all rules are suspended. It's almost like, call it the purge of George Santos. Everything is going to be fair game in order to get me out. So there's no point in sticking around and punching nails on a wall, because I feel like that's what I'm going to be doing. So in, in lieu of giving the people of New York's third congressional district a fighting chance, at hopefully finding somebody who is a real conservative, which I'm very troubled with the lineup of candidates so far, I hope that better options jump in the race. Uh, I wanted to give them an opportunity at getting another conservative like me to come represent them. Yeah, and I can understand. I mean, you not only running for office is tremendously taxing on a family, uh, serving in Congress is tremendously taxing, and then you haven't had an easy run um, for whatever reason. Um, it hasn't been easy on you. Uh, so you mentioned, and I have four minutes before I absolutely have to take a break. Um, and <laughs> by the way, I skipped when my first, just for you, I've never done this. I, I'm going to put my sponsorships at the middle of the show, at the halfway point. I skipped my whole first break for you. This is a first on the David Pollock, just for you, Congressman. So you mentioned, in the three minutes I have left, you mentioned that if they should expel you, um, you, you no know, holds barred. What do you think the likelihood of you being expelled is? And then what does that look like? I have a really good resolve. I'm at peace. I have made amends with if they expel me, fine. If they don't, fine. You know, I will no longer be putting up a fight against these people. This is not where my energy is best spent. My energy is best spent advocating for policy. If I get to stay great, I go back to doing my work, putting my bills together, putting amendments, debating on the House floor, and going on and on. If they expel me, I go on the outside. I continue to do policy uh, uh, advocacy, and I will start exposing the fraud that Congress is from somebody who just left. And I have receipts, and I will show, and I will share the hell out of everything I have experienced throughout this process. 
I have no issue in doing that. So the way I look at it is I will take it as it comes. God is on my side. God does not give anybody more than they can bear, and I strongly believe in that. I actually tweeted that a couple of days ago, and I will stay. I'm steadfast into if you believe in anything, just believe in it, give yourself to it, and let them take the wheel. Let God take the wheel for you, my friend, because it really helps. It gives you resolve, it gives you clarity, and you're able to just figure it out without being in despair. I'm not in no way, shape, or form uh, uh, shattered, shuckled, disheveled, disheveled. I'm fine. I will be fine. Congressman, uh, I appreciate your fight. I've appreciated everything you've done, um, the, the access. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that you come into Twitter spaces, you talk to people, you listen to people, you've started an entire movement, the George Santos approach of communicating with people directly on social media. You've been accessible. You've been a steadfast conservative leader. I've appreciated you, certainly. I know you've served your constituents well. And I guess we'll see what happens this week. Regardless, I know uh, that the uh, fight of George Santos is not going to go away, whether you're fighting for your constituents or you're fighting for America. I know you'll continue to fight, and that's why I'm so privileged to have had you on my show. Thank you so much for coming on. And I hope to have you back again, um, regardless of how this goes. Uh, we've had a great conversation. We always do, and I know my listeners would love to hear from you again. Absolutely, David. Thank you. It's been a privilege to be on your show, The David Pollack Show, and it is amazing. And I hope that your listeners are able to to, to listen in more on what we had to say. And, and again, we'll continue the conversation another time. And thank you for having me. God bless. And God bless you all. And happy holidays. God bless you as well. And good luck to you this week, Congressman. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, you heard it. Uh, Congressman George Santos, you know, he's he's prepared to fight. But he's also, um, you know, going to see what happens this week. We're all going to watch very closely. I have a lot to say about this. I'm not going to – maybe I'll talk to a little bit when our next guest, Dan Ball, is coming on the show after the break. Uh, maybe I'll talk to him about this a little bit. You know, Republican fundraising numbers are down. There's a lot of division in the party, and this is why. This is what Republicans are doing. They're fighting other Republicans instead of actually going and fighting Democrats and fighting for Americans. And I think we're all sick of it. So we'll see what happens this week. We wish you the best of luck, Congressman. We're all going to be watching very closely, and I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Guys, do not go anywhere, because when we come back from the break, we're going to have OANN's Dan Ball coming on the show. We'll talk about this latest interview with Congressman Santos and much more. So don't go away. David Pollock will be right back. Where patriots come for the top news stories, politics, and world events. AM 950, FM 94.9. The answer. Hey friends, David Pollock here. If you're craving the best soft serve ice cream around, Topper's Creamery's got you covered. Serving the Apopka community for over a decade, Topper's is known for the finest old-fashioned custard-style soft-serve ice cream in a variety of flavors, from their French vanilla bean to exciting specials like German chocolate cake. But the experience doesn't end there. Be sure to grab a fresh-baked waffle cone or a sundae topped with my favorite, the fresh-baked brownies. They even offer pup cups for your four-legged friends. So hurry in to Topper's Creamery in Apopka, South 512 Hunt Club Road. Make sure to tell them David sent you.
Business owners, are you sick of dealing with those big name telecommunications companies that leave you frustrated with terrible customer service and then lock you into long-term contracts? That's why I want to introduce you to my friends over at Public Telephone Company. They are an industry-leading VOIP provider offering all-in-one business communication solutions that are completely contract-free with competitive pricing. But perhaps the best part, they're all about supporting their customers with U.S.-based customer service and they're always willing to go the extra mile. Don't let your phone company drive you mad. Call Public Telephone Company today at 877-314-4080 or visit them at publictelephonecompany.com. That's publictelephonecompany.com. I know that I must do what's right. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show. Best soundtrack in all of conservative talk radio. I say it every week. Nobody can fight me on that. Although Chris Hart of American Adversaries said, hey, we have pretty good music too. And they do. They do. Great show. American Adversaries comes on right before mine here. Uh, Awesome show. If you guys don't listen to it, I encourage you to tune in. Um, I am privileged to have my good friend Dan Ball from Real America with Dan Ball on the David Pollack Show. Dan, how you doing tonight? Hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, we, we just had an exciting interview with Congressman Santos facing a third expulsion vote in the Congress. I, I, I said to him, and I said this after he came off, I, if Republicans spent as much time fighting Democrats and, and fighting against a destructive, woke agenda than they do fighting other Republicans and fighting against Trump, could you imagine where we'd be as a country? Well, if you go back to Trump's first couple years in office, think about what they did to him when it comes to Republicans, 16 and 17. They didn't start getting on board with the man until the last two years of his presidency. Think how much more, exactly what you said, David, he could have accomplished in those first two years if you didn't have a bunch of Republican instructions. And that's all they were, because he was shedding light on how corrupt the swamp is. He was exposing how it's a uniparty in Washington. Let's face it, I'd say 90 percent of all of them are all together in on it. The only ones I'll separate out are some independent thinkers like Dr. Rand Paul, um, obviously Freedom Caucus guys in the House. You know, you got 20, 30 good ones there. But other than that, it's a bunch of uniparty, all in for themselves, not for the American people, lying assholes, period. <laughs> and unfortunately, don't go after Joe Biden for the lies he's told for 50 years during multiple campaigns for, let's see, Senate for president, where he had to bow out back in the day, remember that? Plagiarizing people's speeches, lying about his background and history. I mean, what George did is nothing different than what Joe Biden has done for 50 years. And like I said, probably 80, 90 percent of every freaking federal politician that's gotten into office. Lying about their background, lying about their education, lying about their jobs and careers. They all do it. He got caught. They're making an example out of it. Um, Do I like what he did? Hell no. Do I not want him in there because he did that? I didn't want to lose another seat because Republicans need every little inch we've got there. But I also don't want us to be looking up to people like that saying, well, that's a good thing. I think what George did, by all accounts looking at it, he admits a lot was done, was wrong. Now, I wish this was all a psyop, David. I wish we were going, George Santos was so smart. He did all this to prove you can make all these lies up like Joe Biden, everybody else did, and get elected, and then he exposed the system for how corrupt it is. But that's not the case. He did it to get elected, like they all do. And so do I agree with the punishment? 
Does it fit the crime? None of those guys and gals get punished like they should for their lives to get into office? Well, no, it's not fair. But we also can't have people like that representing the party and the movement, which is the America First conservative movement. I don't care to you know what's about the party. I'm sick and tired of the Republican Party. I'm tired of the leadership. They all suck. Period. Yeah. But we also don't need people like that as an example that we're bragging up and proud of. Sorry. That's my personal feeling on George Santos. He knows that. Yeah. He's requested to come on my show. I've turned him down because he's not going to like the interview I give if he comes on my show. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, simply, though, there are allegations right now that that's what they said he did. We'll see what happens in the court of law. And like well, he, like you mentioned, I mean, they police themselves in Congress. But I agree with you that, you know, I, I mean, here's the thing. Forget about the George Santos situation for a second. And with that, I'm saying, like, yeah, they're going to spend more time this week instead of getting a, a, a appropriations done. They're going to do a media sideshow that the Democrats are just thrilled to have because all it does is distract from actually getting work done so they can blame Republicans for a poor record. Right. Meanwhile, but, but Davis, yeah, that's because Republicans in right now have no balls, period, right? They're more worried about appeasing the Democrats and some voters by saying, look, we take this very seriously, what George did. We don't want someone like him within our ranks, even though 80 percent of us do it anyway. So we're going to make a spectacle to look like we care. So I get what Republican leadership thinks. And if they do this, it makes it look like we don't stand for that. And that's good to a degree. The problem is you've never done it in the past to anybody else on exactly. either side. So now you look like a bunch of hypocrites. But okay, it, that's key. Exactly. And like you just said, David, to your point, there's 10 other things I can bet you the American people want our Congress to be doing right now instead of worrying about did George Santos tell us exactly what his GPA was and where he went to school, and if he's Jewish or not. Live, Dan, border? we're on live radio, so uh, careful oh, with the language. About that, <laughs> you're all right, bud. Your, your censor had to censor me real quick and tell me I, I can't curse. So <laughs> you're bad. I apologize bad, bad, Dan. <laughs> for my bad language towards those crooked, filthy, dirty, rotten scoundrel politicians. Sorry for my foul verbiage. I will keep that down till we get over on X, former Twitter. That's what there, we're... I'm not censored, right? No, no, you're a, a, we'll call it Dan okay. Ball Uncensored. As a matter of fact, yeah, we'll say it, okay. Dan Ball Uncensored tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time on the David Pollock Show post show space. Look, we have a lot of fun. You're a passionate person. Yeah, some words slip out. Yep. You know, our sorry. listeners have heard those That's words sorry. before. You're good. Um, the thing is, I, I mean, look, you've been done this a Real quick, I, I didn't even get a chance to give my listeners your bio, because not only do you have basically the number one uh, primetime talk show on the One in America's News Network, you're an Emmy Award-winning journalist, you have a, a Hungry Heroes food show, which is awesome, and it's on OANN and the AWE networks, you've served in the Air Force as a journalist, you've had a 26-year career in broadcast journalism, you've run for Congress, and now you're killing it on OANN. So I get it, you're fiery, and I think we can... Uh, I think we can... Uh, I'll forgive any bad language you heard tonight because we got to get back to the fight because like you said, you're exactly right. Americans do not care about what George Santos is being accused of. You have Joe Biden literally being accused of the worst things in the world and we can't even get the Republicans to issue uh, an impeachment inquiry. I mean, that's, I that's where we're at. I mean, this is why, and if you look, there was a new report out. Ronna McDaniel has historically low fundraising right now they can't raise any money and of course what is she gonna blame she'll blame trump she'll blame all these other things but the reality is ronda mcdaniel's failing in her role she can't win elections she can't raise money americans you know what your reply to that is david yeah when they say 
Trump's making it so we can't raise money. He's not having any problems raising money. Why are you, Rana? Yeah. Well, How about yeah, that? That's exactly my answer right. to her. Why yeah. is he raising money where the majority of his donations are under $50 by average Americans, not super PAC money, and he's raising millions every month, yet the grand old party can't raise squat because American conservatives like myself, who have voted Republican since I was 18 years old, okay, 32 years ago now, next month, um, guess what? We're sick and tired of the GOP. We're tired of that party. We're tired of the uniparty and them either placating, agreeing, or going along with Democrats because they say they have to, they need to, to get things done. Bull. Stand firm on the America First policies that President Trump put into place. It's what the majority of Americans want. And if Democrats don't pass it while JoJo and the Dems are in charge of the Senate, so be it. At least the American people will see you working for us. They'll see the Democrats stopping it. And then guess what? Maybe in 24, the majority of Americans which I think they had their heads screwed on right in 2020, but let's say they didn't. By 2024, they will, and they'll vote the right way. But stop using excuses, well, if we do it, the Senate won't pass it. And even if we do, Biden said he'll veto it. Who cares? Write up legislation to shut the border down. Write up legislation to stop spending money in Ukraine and elsewhere. Write up the damn bills and send them to the Senate. If they don't pass them and the president vetoes them, so be it. The press will have to cover it because they cover every fart that Joe Biden makes and they try to, you know, play it and twist it and make it look good for him. So do it, Republicans. Stop being weak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what everybody said. I mean, I was I was ranting and raving about this on the show a few weeks ago when uh, Matt Gates brought the uh, motion to vacate on Kevin McCarthy. I, I detailed everything yep. they didn't do. They instead of a debt ceiling limit, they have an unlimited credit card on the debt ceiling. Instead of individual appropriations bills, we have now continuing resolutions. Even with Johnson, we still have continuing resolutions. We have zero Americans except for one Israeli American being released among the 50 or right. so people being released right now. But Joe tried to take credit for it, by the way. Oh, yeah. He had nothing to do with those hostage releases, except the fact that he released another $10 billion to Iran, totaling $16 billion now in frozen assets, which I'm sure that probably prodded Iran to tell Hamas, yeah, let a couple of them go. Because, yeah, Joe gave us our $16 billion. So, yeah, if, if he wants to brag he had something to do with the hostage release, he did. He gave Iran money, which I thought the American doctrine was, our mantra was, you don't negotiate with terrorists, no matter what. Well, but then also he was there was uh, I saw somewhere I don't remember I can't cite it but somewhere he talked about he feels like his maybe his diplomacy might have uh, led to this Israel Hamas conflict because of what he was yes, trying no, to you do. You read that? Uh, that's in my show tonight. You read that? That was a White House uh, tweet or Instagram post by the Biden White House page that his diplomacy led to that. So yes, they're taking credit for it and they say it was him, even though uh, Bibi Netanyahu came out and said. It was pretty much him and the officials with Qatar working, talking with Hamas through Qatar that got them to release this now 60-plus hostages. And, yes, there was that beautiful little four-year-old girl, America, thank God. But how many more Americans are there? We don't even have a head count. Some have said 9 or 10. Some have said 50. There's still at least probably 200 because there was 250 before this big prisoner swap. But I think the whole swap sucked on its face, too. Look at what they got. I mean— Obviously, I don't have someone being held hostage, so any family member is going to say, you do whatever it takes. But they gave up over 150 Palestinian prisoners, and a bunch of them, David, were some of the same scum, the same vermin, I'll say the word, that 
carried out the October 7th attack on the innocent Jewish people. So you got back some of your murderers. You got back some prisoners, which some of them, I'm sure, were murderers as well, 150 for about 58 hostages. So they got three to one on the swap, not to mention the billions of dollars. That's a great deal if Joe wants to take credit for it. Good job, Joe. Well, and if Trump was president, I firmly believe that we would have sent all of our military might to the to to Hamas held areas of Gaza and said, hey, you have about five minutes to turn over every American hostage that's here right now. Because he showed his ability to do that. You remember when he was president, he sent the 37 cruise missiles or whatever it was into Syria after they crossed the, his red line, unlike what Obama did in the, the moving the, of the red line. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm confident. And then maybe when you interview Trump next week, you can ask him, say, hey, if you were president, how would you have gotten the hostages home? I'm 100% sure. Well, that's a question. Trust me, that's a question because all the Americans probably won't be released by the time I sit down with him next Monday on the 4th. So we'll be asking about the hostage situation. And I'll disagree with you to a degree. I don't think he would have to send our troops over there to make that statement. Uh, he told me a story, and he's made it public now. But when he was negotiating, well, it wasn't really negotiating. When he was talking with um, Abdullah, whatever his name is, the head of the Taliban, and we were negotiating the ceasefire for the 18 months before the drawdown and before the exit that he would have executed, unlike Biden executed, right? So he told me that when he called Abdul and said, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to literally touch another hair on an American soldier or American's head until we take care of what we're going to do, pull out, leaving 2,500 troops and one Air Force base. That was his plan. You're not going to touch. And he said, and if you do, let me just tell you something. I have about this many big missiles pointed at the cave you're hiding in right now. Would you like me to send you your address and picture where they're going to be going? He said there was about 20 or 30 seconds silence where the guy didn't know what to say back to him. And then he says, yes, Mr. President, I understand. And guess what? Not another American was hurt for 18 months under Trump because he told him, I've got this many rockets pointed at your little cave, and I will blow you to kingdom come in about 10 seconds. And guess what? They listened because everybody thought, oh, gosh, Trump's about crazy enough to do that. He never had to fire anything at anyone because people were nervous enough that when he said it, he meant it. With Joe Biden, all they see is weakness, falling down the steps, mumbling his speech, forgetting what the hell he was trying to say. Everything the man does, our enemies get stronger by looking at this feeble, weak, alleged president. With Trump, they went powerful, gutsy, maybe they thought a little crazy. We better not mess with him. And guess what? I'll take that in my commander-in-chief any day of the week over this weak, inept commander who is not a commander-in-chief whatsoever. Absolutely. i got to take a quick break. Do you have time to stick around? Because I want to talk about I want to talk sure. about your show, and I want to talk about this Derek Chauvin stuff because uh, <laughs> he got stabbed over the weekend. There's some interesting stuff to talk about there, and I want to get your take on it. Okay. All right, cool. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. More of Dan Ball, and we're going to talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. So don't go anywhere. Dave Pollock, she'll be right back. David Pollock here. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more information on any of our sponsors, or perhaps you want to hear a replay of a past show, make sure to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. There, you'll also find our latest articles, links to our social media, and opportunities to become a sponsor yourself. So remember to visit thedavidpollockshow.com. 
With today's economic environment, it's never been more important to secure your hard-earned wealth for you and your family's future. FinSec Life works to offer industry-leading customer service to help successful individuals and businesses protect their wealth. Whether it's a business succession plan, estate liquidity, or a variety of life and long-term care policies, FinSec Life can help deliver peace of mind, knowing that if something happens, you or your company is taken care of. Visit FinSecLife.com. That's F-I-N-S-E-C Life.com. Securities offered through Valmark Security, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Valmark Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. FinSec Life is a separate entity from Valmark Securities, Inc. and Valmark Advisors, Inc. Home for freedom-loving Floridians. AM 950, FM 94.9. The answer. Welcome back to the David Pollack Show. I am uh, continue to be joined by my good friend Dan Ball. Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. There's a couple things I want to talk to you about, but before I get into it, I want to talk about your show, Real America, because as I mentioned um, when I was trying to get back on track, <laughs> um, you're, you, have, you have a fantastic long career, not only hosting regular news, but now you have basically been um, the number one rated nightly news show on OANN. Um, and I want to talk about that real quick before I get back into it, because I don't want to run out of time in the show and give you lots of opportunity to talk about all the great work you're doing over there. Because OANN... OANN, you guys were everywhere, and then, of course, you were censored there, too, and uh, they took you off a lot of the networks you were on, uh, maybe because you were using bad language. I don't know. But, <laughs> but... No, it wasn't bad language. All right, first and foremost, let me, let me say this real quick. Um, my show is an opinionated talk show in prime time, 8 p.m. Eastern. It is not a newscast, and I make that very apparent. I say it not daily, but definitely weekly to remind viewers that primetime shows are not uh, newscasts. None of the networks are. They're opinionated talk. But people confuse and think because they saw a Chris Cuomo or a Dan Ball out reporting years ago on news stories or on hurricanes that now that we're talk show hosts, we're still journalists and we're newscasters. We're not. We're opinionated talk show hosts. And all Americans need to remember that because they get lost thinking, watching these imbecile talking heads on the other networks that lie to them, that what they're telling them is truth. Like, let's say, oh, I don't know, Joe Scarborough on MSNBC, who today and last week literally lied to the American people about a case involving Donald Trump on the ballot in Colorado and then lied about what Trump will do if he gets back in office. He literally said he will imprison, he will execute people. Okay, a newscaster would never say that, but a biased old rhino Republican congressman now turned talk show host at MSNBC, would say those lies. So first and foremost, I'm a talk show host. Second, I don't care about going into my background and bragging myself up. Other folks can do that. I don't really care. I want to brag up OAN and the Herring, the family that own the network, and the 140 staffers that bust their butts every day to try and keep the network on the air, even though everybody keeps trying to censor it. The Herring started this network 10 years ago, July 4th, with the idea that the country needed a true conservative voice because even they felt that Fox wasn't the true conservative voice. That was 10 years ago. Now look what happened to Fox News and the lies they've been caught in and the angle and bias stories they tell. So my biggest thing is I want folks to understand that OAN is out there working their butts off with, yes, a lot of young journalists. Maybe once in a while somebody makes a mistake, but there's a few seasoned of us there like myself 
who were out there spreading truth and spreading conservative Christian America first values. That's what my show, Real America, is about. That's why I called it that. Uh, I take my nearly 30 years of experience and as being a veteran and a veteran of the news industry, and I bring that to the viewers every night. I'd say 30% of the show is teleprompter and 70% is me ad-libbing and talking with guests, a normal conversation, asking serious, hard-hitting questions. And we don't script anything out when the guests come on. They don't get told anything. We don't practice or rehearse or uh, try to skew something this way or that way. The only thing our guests get are like talking points. What's Dan want to talk about? Uh, The border, foreign policy, and the new polls for Biden regime. That's it. That's what I'll tell a member of Congress. They'll get three or four talking points, and then we go. So that's kind of how my show operates. I've been with OAN now three years, and I'll tell you, from DirecTV to Frontier, Verizon, all these guys that tried to cancel us over the last few years, and then you have NewsGuard out there and all these other agencies that are funded with your tax dollars going to censor conservatives. They keep trying to strip us of our advertisers, uh, our over-the-air affiliates. I mean, they are doing everything they can, everything they can, David, to take us off the air and shut us down. But let me tell you what, Mr. Herring, the 82-year-old owner, and his two boys, they are some stubborn, stubborn guys. And that's why I love working for them, because they said we are going to continue this fight. We're going to fight the censorship. We're going to fight the lawsuits we're facing. um, And we're going to fight back and sue some of these people that are trying to shut us down. But as far as I'm concerned and the Herrings, we're going nowhere. They can keep trying. But we're putting on shows every day, and I just want to thank all the viewers out there, first and foremost, over everybody, the viewers, the viewers, the viewers that have looked us up, that have gone to the lengths to pay for the app every month now at $4.99 because you can't get us on direct anymore. Thanks to censorship. That's all it was. It was nothing over money. It was all censorship. So I just want to say a big thank you to the viewers that still seek us out or they're watching the reruns on Roku or Pluto TV or they've downloaded the app, whether it's Cloud or the OAN app. Just thank you for keep seeking truth and also a true mom-and-pop non-corporate entity. There's no big, huge corporation with massive advertisers telling us what we can and can't do, David, like they do at the big league, okay? And yet we're on the same stage as the big boys, and we do it with a fraction of the staff, a fraction of the money, and we don't get told what to do. Nobody from Pfizer is calling up our executives and going, can you not do those stories about the bad side effects from our jab that are killing people and giving young people myocarditis. Yeah, we don't get those phone calls at OAN. Yeah, and that's what's so important about your network, and people really should, and I encourage my listeners to subscribe um, and and watch because – you know, you, you're you're paying money through your cable company or you're streaming or you're at least supporting some of these big guys through advertising dollars when you're seeking out Fox News or whatever channels you're watching online. And uh, yep. the reality is these people are lying to you. They're not telling you the truth. They're telling you what their advertisers want. Look what happened to Tucker. Tucker was kicked off for yep. telling the truth. And he wasn't the first one yep. who was kicked off. Glenn Beck was kicked off when he was telling the truth when Obama was president. They're not allowed to tell the truth on big media anymore. And that's why organizations like yours are so important. And it's important that people support you and your organization. Yep. So that way the truth can continue to be told from truth tellers like Why you. Why do people think their favorite news anchors and talk show hosts that are still left at Fox are always putting Ron DeSantis on all the time and, and ripping Trump when they loved Trump a couple years ago? Tommy Lahren's doing it, Neil Cavuto, uh, Brett Baer, Laura Ingram, you name it. I think Laura's got Ron on right now or did tonight. They all are doing exactly what the boys, because Rupert's not in charge anymore, 
told all on-air staff in their secret little memo, and that is this network will be promoting Ron DeSantis and we're anti-Trump, and you will do it if you like your paycheck. So yeah. if you want to know why you're seeing all your Fox people put Ron on every day trying to help his just nose-diving campaign and then talking trash on Trump, that's because they like their big fat-ass paycheck more than they like telling the truth to you. So stop watching them. Sorry, whoop. I should have said but. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one passes because Pete didn't, okay, the on-air producer didn't wave his arms at me. <laughs> so okay, I think sure. we're good. Um, but no, you're you're exactly right. And, and you look, they're even having the the Ron DeSantis Gavin Newsom debate on Fox News, what I call the yeah, establishment ticket. Hannity. Right. The establishment ticket that they wish they had in 2024. Right. right? I mean, th- I mean, they're, they're gushing over Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. But I got news because I got these polls sitting right here. And as of as of uh, this was uh, November 27th. This is ABC News 538. Trump is at 59.9%. Ron DeSantis, Fox News' favorite, is 12.4%. Nikki Haley, 9.8%. 59% versus 12%. That is not going well for anybody who thinks they're going to beat Trump. And I'll give you some more polls in the two minutes that I have left because it's interesting to see. In comparing the matchups, remember, because this is a big argument for Ron DeSantis. Trump, President Trump doesn't stand a chance of beating Biden, but DeSantis can. Well, interestingly, when you compare Trump to some of these other people trying to unseat him, if you look at Nikki Haley, for example, she's tied with Biden at 38 percent. When you look at mm-hmm. Trump, 42 percent to Biden's 36 percent. And that's in the five way race with with Kennedy being in the mix. And this is this, again, goes against everything they're arguing that having Kennedy in a race is going to hurt Trump more than it hurts Biden. The never Trump vote goes to Kennedy, not Biden in this situation. So it looks yep. like and everybody knows that Trump is going to be the second or third president, depending on which way you would say it's going to go. Now, listen, I got a minute and a half left. Dan, I could talk to you for another hour. It was so I awesome know, having brother, you on the show. Listen, you need to come back. We need to continue to have these conversations. It'll make Pete nervous. He'll have his finger on the censorship button. But you got to come back. But you're all going to be you are going to be in the post Twitter, uh, the post David Pollack show Twitter X space beginning at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I think you're coming in around 915. So if you guys want to hear more from Dan Ball uncensored, make sure you go to at the Pollock show on Twitter <laughs> and join us there because there's no holes barred. We're going to say whatever we want on that show. And uh, so I hope you guys join us there. And Dan, thank you so much for being here. Guys, go support Dan at OANN. Check out his interview with Trump coming up next week. Check out his show, Hungry Heroes. His show airs 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on OANN. Cheap, cheap subscription. $4.99 is not a lot of money to hear the truth and to support people that are trying to break the big media narratives. Dan, thank you so much for being on The David Pollack Show. Thank you, brother. I'll see you in a bit over on uh, X. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it. We're at the end of another exciting show. I don't know what else to tell you other than this is what you expect. Nonstop excitement, high-paced entertainment. Congressman Santos, Dan Ball, thank you both for being on the show tonight. We're going to be back here again next week with more excitement. So uh, make sure you tune in and set your alarms to go. Oh, my gosh, it's 7 o'clock. we got to go watch the David Pollock Show. I appreciate you so much tuning in. And don't forget to go get yourself some Beard Vet coffee and check out their tactical line as well. It's Cyber Monday. Big savings. And you use promo code David. Save an extra 10%. That's all I got tonight. David Pollock Show's out. Good night.